The cross makes everything sweet. When you take the cross and you look to the cross, because this branch, this piece of wood, would represent the cross. Jesus went to the cross, but Jesus didn't stay on the cross. We know that he rose again. Death could not hold him. Sin cannot hold you, and death cannot hold you, because the price was made already provided for by Jesus. Amen? So the waters that were bitter were made sweet by the cross, by the wood, which represents the cross, represents the cross of Jesus, which represents the blood. It is the blood that saves us. It is the blood that has redeemed us. It is the blood of Jesus that has transformed us. When you speak the blood, you speak that better word than Abel. When you speak the blood, you said he's still crying out from the ground. You're speaking the word of truth. You're, you're surrounding yourself with the God of glory, with the God of glory in your life. I don't know how many of you will, will constantly and faithfully do this, but when you speak the blood, as you go around in your home, the blood of Jesus, when you speak the blood, you're marking it out. You go, oh, but there's just, there's all this bitterness. There's all this turmoil. Speak the blood for the cross has made the bitter waters sweet. So as we look at this passage here, we're going to keep on reading here. And it says here that then he made a statute and, he's, and, and an ordinance for them and he, and he tested them. And he said, if, say if. Yeah, she's, oh, <laughs> it's okay. Um, he says, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight. It is important that we do what is right in the sight of God. If you diligently heed the Lord, the voice of the Lord and you do what is right giving ear to his commandments and all of his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians. I may have brought them on your enemies, but I will not put those, those curses upon you. And then he says, for I am the Lord who heals you. And that word heals is Jehovah Rapha. In the Strong's, it's number 7495, which is Jehovah Rapha. Now, this is a name of God. Now, when God introduced this here, he's saying, this is my name. This is one of my names. This is one of my attributes. In other words, this is a covenant that I'm making with my people. And we know that God doesn't break his covenants, right? So in our culture, we don't all have that same upbringing of the importance of a covenant. Marriage is a covenant, right? Our covenant to the Lord, his covenant to us he is a covenant keeping God and his word says that I will not break my covenant he doesn't break his covenant we sometimes break his covenant but he never breaks his covenant with us he is a covenant keeping God in other words he says I love you with an unending love right amen amen and so here he's saying listen you guys have come out of the out of the wilderness you've come out of the the desert the the you know with Egypt and everything you went through the waters you went through the Red Sea and now already the first thing you see the waters were bitter and the first thing you did was complain he's saying but I've already made the provision for you I've made the provision and that is in my son obviously this is a future this is a it's symbolic for what Jesus was going to do right God is very symbolic very prophetic and we've got to have spiritual eyes to see right and so here I was thinking about this and I thought so the waters were, were bitter the waters were bitter how, how do waters get bitter you know, how do, how, do, how do our lives, if the waters represent our hearts and our lives, you know, how do, how do we get bitter? By focusing on the wrong thing, by allowing our hearts to breed negativity, complaints, and dishonor. When we dishonor, what do we receive back? But the same, right? And so we have to recognize God is always looking at our heart. 
He's always looking at our heart. You know, our circumstances are going to be a byproduct of what's actually happening on the inside of us. And so here, the bitter waters were made sweet. So then sometimes I think about this passage and I think about the bitter waters of things that happened in our lives that we had no access or control, you know, about, right? Heartache and pain, you know, kids going astray, you know, a spouse leaving you, whatever it might have been, right? And, and that, that pain that comes into your heart, it's like the bitter waters. Have any of you experienced the bitter waters, like the waters of Mara? I know I have, and I believe we all have, you know, but I thank God for those bitter waters, those times where your heart was so, it's not that it was, I was bitter, right? But it's like everything within, there's so much pain and grief. It's like you're experiencing a form of bitterness that it's, it's just, you know, this it's pain that the enemy is just gloating over and so happy that you're down but God because when we just keep our eyes on Jesus he's the lifter of our head right he's the lifter of our head and he's going to shower you with his glory and his mercy but we've got to remember during those times and for some maybe you're even in that time right now where the water is bitter the heart is hard or the it's a difficult season so I'm talking about a few different things right one is you know if the water is bitter because you've allowed it that's one thing you know the repentance our repentance and our asking God to make the bitter waters sweet is, is available to us all the time, right? That's one, one thing. But the other is, is, you know, when these cruel, hard, hard things happen, you raise your child and they go and they go off and now they're on drugs and your heart is breaking and you're praying and praying and praying, you know, and something tragic happens. And that would be something that your heart just, it's hard. It's like the bitter waters. There's grief there, right? There's grief there. But even in the lowest of times like that, even like a child dying, a, a spouse leaving you, cheating on you for somebody. These are hard times, right? But even in those hard times, what does the Lord say? He says, the cross will make the bitter waters sweet. He will make the bitter waters sweet. And not only that, we re must remember the covenant that he gave us in this promise. He said, I am the Lord God who heals you. That healing, it is Jehovah Rapha, and it does refer to a physical healing. When you do, when you do a word study, and I've done a word study on this, it refers to a physical healing. It doesn't just refer to a physical healing, though. It also refers to your heart. It also refers to your emotions. So it's healing in the, in the, in the highest, in the ultimate, most ultimate way. So he's promising you, he's saying, yes, I see the waters are bitter, but the cross is going to make them sweet. And by the way, my covenant to you doesn't change. My covenant to you is the same. I am the Lord God who heals you. And then when you go to verse 27, then there's the promise of abundance. In verse 27, God says, I don't only make the bitter waters sweet. I don't only promise you that I am a covenant keeping God, but I also give you the increase. Look at the increase in verse 27. Then they came to Elim where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. God's increase, God's abundance. He says, you know, there was one, there was one body of water here where it was bitter, but then I made it sweet. But now I'm going to give you the increase. I'm giving you 12 wells of water. 12 represents the number of government. He, it represents authority. What is government? It represents authority. In other words, God is saying, I'm not just going to give you one well. I'm giving you authority. I'm giving giving you the 12 wells. I'm giving you the number of government, which means my people who are called by my name as we seek God's face, as we make sure that we repent, as we make sure that our hearts are right. He says, I am going to give you the land. I'm going to entrust you with much more. He didn't just give them the 12 wells. Look at what else he gave them. 
He says 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. 70 palm trees, so they all camp there by the water. Why is 70 palm trees so significant? Well, first of all, palm trees, they were a place of God's protection, God's covering. God would shade them. It's a position, and it's also a picture of God's wealth. Do you not know that God wants to increase and multiply you in every way? in every way but isn't this the sweetness and the beauty of God right here first they were complaining but God quickly put them straight quickly reminded them of the promises quickly said okay not only am I reminding you of the promise but I'm going to show you that I'm an increasing abundant kind of a God for you amen, amen. turn your Bibles to first Corinthians because when I think about the cross and the and the wood which made the bitter waters sweet I think of first Corinthians 1 first Corinthians 1 and starting in verse 23, it says, But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, it is a stumbling block. And to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are being called, both Jew and Greeks, it Christ's the power of God and the wisdom of God. What is it to us? The power of God and the wisdom of God. What is the gospel to us? Those that are being saved. It is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Say it with me. It is the power of God and it is the wisdom of God. We need the wisdom of God in our daily affairs. Because let me tell you, there's too many things that come against God-fearing people. And if we don't have the wisdom of God, we can make the wrong decision because we listen to the wrong voice. But it's the power of God and the wisdom of God. And all we do is just avail ourselves. Make sure your heart stays humble before God. Make sure your heart stays pure before God. God make sure you recognize I'm going to consistently even when it hurts even when you're slandered it doesn't matter because they did it to Jesus you just look to Jesus the author and the perfecter of your faith be one that's going to rise up above it and say Lord Jesus the cross it's the power of God and the wisdom of God teach me to walk in that wisdom teach me to walk in that power amen let's keep on reading because then it says, but the foolishness of God is wiser than men. So what if they call you a fool? You know, the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So even in your weakness, we're strong in Christ. In our weakness, we are strong in Christ when we yield, when we yield to God. Look at verse 27. But God chose, what, what, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. So in other words, you are chosen. And God says, see, it's not about your wisdom. It's not about your knowledge. Your Knowledge. It's not about your accolades or your achievements, but it is the wisdom of God. He has chosen right here. He says, I have chosen the foolishness, the, those that would be considered fools, uh, but I've chosen you to actually shame the wise. Uh, he says, I'm going to put a wisdom in you. I'm going to put my wisdom in you. How many know it's God's wisdom that never will fail? It is God's wisdom. So God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And he's chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things which are mighty. When you feel like you have no strength, let me tell you, God says, I'm going to rise up with wings like the eagles. I'm going to increase your strength. I'm going to speak that now word into your life. You're going to know exactly what you need to do. You're not going to need to worry about tomorrow for I already have tomorrow taken care of. Amen. What is all this about? It's about the cross. This is all about the cross. This is what Jesus said. Listen, they're going to call you fool. They're going to call that. They're going to say that you have, you're, you're like a fool. There's this foolishness to follow Christ. It's foolishness. It's foolishness to give your money to the church. It's foolishness for you to, to say that when you give, give, God gives back. It's foolishness. Well, praise God because we serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We serve the God that says that the government is upon his shoulders. That means that's what the word says in Isaiah 9. 
9, the government is upon his shoulders. That means the government is upon Jesus' shoulders. That means the authority is upon him. And when we say yes to Jesus, the authority is upon us. You have to know who you are. We must know who we are in the kingdom of God. Powerful. See, the devil thought that he won. When Jesus went to the cross, the devil thought that he won. But the cross could not hold Jesus, and neither could the grave. The cross couldn't hold Jesus. Neither could the grave. So the Bible tells us to daily pick up our cross. The Bible tells us to daily walk with him. No matter what it is, pick up that cross daily. So the cross could not hold Jesus, right? Had no power and neither could the grave. So the cross, yes, we are all to pick up our cross and walk daily, right? Whatever that may be for you. But that cross is not going to hold you down unless you're focused on the wrong thing. When you're focused on Jesus, oh, I give it all to you. Lord God, what else can I give to you? Lord God, kill this flesh and make sure that this life is going to give you glory. All I want to do is give you glory. Lord God, of course, it's going to cost me something. It costs you everything. It costs you everything, everything. So, Lord God, who am I? Who am I to say, Lord, I'll give you this much, but that's all. Oh, no, we give you it all. We give you it all. We trust you fully, 100%. Lord, we bless you, and we thank you for this, God. We thank you for the power of your word. Yeah. Glory to God. Yeah. Glory to God. Let's jump, down to, let's jump down to verse 29. It says that no flesh should glory in his presence. No flesh will glory in the presence of God. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us the wisdom of God, the righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. When we glory, we glory in the Lord. In other words, our, our boasting is in the Lord. We don't boast in ourselves. We boast in the Lord. We glorify God. But we're not going to take the devil's bait and have this false humility either. There is a flip side to this. Right? We're not going to take the devil's bait and have false humility. Instead, we're going to rise up and say, Lord, I thank you. You said in your word, you said that the same resurrection power that rose Christ from the dead lives on the inside of me. So, Lord God, whatever is dead and whatever is dormant in my life and in those that you've called me to speak into, I'm going to make sure that I speak life. Resurrection power, that is. <laughs>